throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. Good morning. Thank you, Matthew, for that reading. When I was studying in um, 10th grade, my history teacher told me, he told the class, at any point of time in your life, if someone wakes you up at the night, in the night, and asks you what happened in 1453 AD, you should say it. And I've never forgotten that. <laughs> Anyone knows what it was? We are poor in history. Okay. There was the fall of Constantinople. That is, that marked the um, fall of the Byzantium Empire to the Ottoman Turks. And it's also considered as the, as kind of the end of the um, medieval period. I thought, there are certain things about the scripture that we should know. And even in our uh, sleep, if someone shook us up, we should know certain things. So one of them is probably the structure of the Old Testament. So, you know, the middle five books of the Old Testament is, are Job, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs. Uh, there are different ways of classifying it, but we can look at it and say personal literature. Why? Their personal experiences are being written about, which we can also take for ourselves. So in the middle, we have five books. So there are 34 books. So we have 17 on this side and 17 on the other side. The first 17 is history. Okay. After the first five, we are very familiar. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And the first five prophets are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. And we also usually say that it is the major prophets. Just wait. So, Ezekiel was written in which place? Someone can help me out here? It was written in Babylon. Was it written before or after the um, destruction of the temple? Before and after. It's, all the events are being mentioned there. And Jeremiah was written almost in the same period, maybe a little earlier as well. But that was written in the land of Israel. And Lamentations, we of course know that's after the fall of the temple. And Daniel was written in Babylon. And Isaiah actually was written when Assyria was becoming strong and the ten tribes went into captivity. So you have a lot of things to gather up there. Isaiah, we have 
the Assyrian captivity, Jeremiah to Daniel, we have the Babylonian captivity. Okay, and then if you take the next 12 books on each side and then divide them up, the first nine are pre-exilic. That's before the exile to Babylon. Whether it is the um, history books or the prophetic books. And the last three are the post-exilic. So we've been going through Haggai and then this Zechariah and Malachi. Actually, they are kind of in the chronological order of events that took place. That's there. And yeah, this is kind of something that we can remember. So many times when we study, we don't understand what exactly it is, especially when you read prophecies and you just start applying it here and there and then hear people messing up a lot of stuff. So if you can remember this, it's kind of easy to figure out things. So Raymond was te- teaching from Ruth, pre-exilic. And now he is teaching from Daniel. See where that falls. Okay. And probably three years to remember would be this 1450 BC. It is not um, line in the sand, but an approximate date. 1450 BC is the crossing of the Jordan. And 586 BC, I think all believers should know. That is the destruction of the temple. And 70 years later, 516 BC, the temple is finished. So like my teacher, Father Katie Joseph said, if someone wakes you up in the middle of the night and asks, what's the significance of 586 BC? Destruction of the temple. So 70 years later, 516 BC, we have the finishing of the temple. And 520 BC is where Haggai is. Okay? So we, I had gone through the historical backgrounds, very difficult to go through it again. But in brief, if we say, um, that's again a small formula to remember things, you know. So the Assyrian Empire, and after that came the Babylonian Empire, AB. Okay? Then the next will have the names of two prominent kings after that. C and D. C is for Cyrus and D is for Darius the Great. So in 520 BC we have Darius the Great ruling. And it is a time of great confusion in the, um, in the empire. What happened? Because he had the, um, Cyrus had died his two sons had died, and the guy who was ruling was either his second son or pseudo smurdis that's, that's what we call him, someone impo- uh, imposing as him. And Darius killed, Darius and um, a group of uh, six, seven people killed that guy, and Darius receives the kingdom, and the whole nation is in revolt, and Darius is going from place to place, conquering and um, containing the revolt. And it is in this fearful situation that Haggai comes. People are scared what will happen and they are not building the temple. So 
but they are taking care of their houses and living in panel houses as it, as it is mentioned we can compare that to our own times we can talk about what's happening with the country with uh, gospel so many activities against the gospel but this is the time to rise up and build so 520 bc so we had looked through it uh, before this is then concluding hagai 2 i thought we'll just see it um, in perspective so in chapter 1 we see a call to repentance and rebuild that was in the 6th month on the first day of the month and on the 24th day of the same month we see that they start the uh, construction actually they go out and get timber and do stuff and hagai 2 is in the 7th month and we mentioned a big festival that happens in 7th uh, uh, month feast of feast of feast come on they said lord tabernacle sukkot okay feast of tabernacles and there is also yom kippur is it's an important month so the encouragement comes on the kind of the last day of the feast of tabernacles and we also said around 450 years later the lord jesus stood in the same temple and maybe around 550 years before solomon dedicated the temple so this is a very interesting time that um, this word comes to them and the next month we see zechariah calling people again to repentance you know people already repented started building and they needed to be encouraged they were encouraged and then again there was a need to call them to repentance now many a time things like this happen in churches right when he starts something uh, pradeep is not here but is if you say if we have some kind of special meetings that go on for example fasting prayer so pradeep said the first meeting can expect 30 to 40 after that you'll get 14 so for most of the activities he says that and i've observed that it is true now when he start there's a lot of enthusiasm and then we go back look at our own personal lives when we start off something there is that great enthusiasm to begin and then it's a struggle right laying the foundation stone of something everyone flocks in i remember i was very much involved in the construction of the um mystery school in um, kazakhstan so we lay the foundation and then there was the digging and you know um you had to put the piles in and the frame was frame was done and after that there was cash shortage and problems with the contractor so midway things actually start creating trouble initially you don't know how to do it but there's such a lot of enthusiasm and we go for it and even in a fight against sin probably this happens okay anyway so there was a second call to repentance and probably and it says people responded well and the next month 
Haggai, again, encourages the people. And Zechariah, um, uh, Haggai encourages the people and also the, the king, but was the governor at that point. And Zechariah chapters 1 through 6 is recorded to be in the 11th month of the same year. It would be 521, uh, 519 BC by then. And um, if you can understand that and go back and read, then you will uh, understand what exactly Zechariah is about. So it's, it's, a, it's an encouragement that goes on through a series of visions. Uh, later on, we have other stuff coming through. Well, that's, that's enough for the introduction. Okay, so, just wanted to go back a little bit into what we looked at. So in chapter 1, there are, twice there is a call. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. And it comes in uh, verse 5 and 7. It says, Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Verse 7, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. The people were punished with a harvest that was not plentiful. Now, if you go to Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 11 probably, it says, um, we'll not go there. It says, the land that I'm going to give you is a very special land. It is not like Egypt where you had to water. Okay. This is a land that is watered by the Lord from heaven. It is a very special land. And you know what? If you do well, I will water the garden. If you do badly, there shall be famine. So that was kind of the Lord's way of training people to look to him. And even here, we find that the Lord is helping them to look to him by withholding, by withholding a good harvest. And we also talked about this happens in um, sixth month, seventh month is the ingathering of the harvesting. Final harvesting is completely done in seventh month. So sixth month they have seen Ha, ah, this year we don't have too much of anything. It's just enough to get by. So the Lord sometimes gets our attention, uh, get our attention by throwing bricks. So here they were. And, you know, when the Lord brings difficulties on purpose into our path, we can react in two ways. We can curse him or we can repent and come closer to him. And we see the people in Haggai's time, they repented and came back to the Lord. We find Zerubbabel, who should have been the king as a governor. And we see Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest leading the people. And alongside now Haggai comes in, um, calls them to start off. Probably Haggai was an older prophet, and Zechariah was probably 
very, very young. So we see Haggai actually starting it off, Zechariah feathering in, in the eighth month, and the ninth month Haggai finishes off, but Zechariah takes it off from, the, uh, from there to the eleventh month, and then we see a... Um, see something coming again after two more years from seventh uh, chapter. Uh, most of us might know that Zechariah has a lot of prophecies regarding the coming of the Messiah, and to a certain extent, people call it the miniature Isaiah because of the number of prophecies regarding Christ there. So, he said, it's a small enough book. Challenging enough, but understandable enough for people who want to start off personal Bible study. And if you need help, we are here to help you. Okay, so Zechariah chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Matthew read it for us already. So in in the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying... The Lord has been very angry with your fathers. This is a young guy. Okay. So he's been probably in, the, in this land for 16 years. They came 16 years back. So probably he was born, he came as an infant or a small little kid. But he, even he has seen the fathers, the fathers who must have been crying that the, the symbol of the great national power, the temple was destroyed, the whole land was laid waste, and no one was there anymore. So he says, the Lord has been very angry with your fathers. Not angry. Very angry with your fathers. He says, therefore say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me. Says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. You return to me, and I will return to you. A very simple principle. If we return to the Lord, we will again have that same fellowship. And we see it again. Verse 4, Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn now from your evil ways, and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Yet surely my words and my statutes which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? You know, there are generations that are sometimes very very much shining, burning with zeal for the Lord. I think at the turn of the last century, there were quite a few in our land who loved the Lord and moved forward. Yeah, I've been very fortunate to sing songs in different languages and enjoy them as well. And one of the songs that I enjoyed as a young Christian is a beautiful Malayalam song and it was written by somebody called K.V. Cheru who was sent out of home 
and um, he slept on um, soft verandas during those days. And these are the words of one of the stanzas. Kutam virutu, kulavum virutu, kutigarim virutu, yanal, kutai tirna, tirnende, surgias nehiden, kastagalatulum vida. I used to enjoy it and sing it as a, uh, as a new believer coming in from uh, another background and going through lots of troubles. What does this mean? The society hates me. My family hates me. My friends hate me. But, but my heavenly friend has become my bosom friend. I think... If that be true in our lives, if the, if the heavenly friend is our bosom friend, then everything else will be all right. You look at a couple of generations later, what is that? The society adores them, honors them, and if the society does not honor them, they go after the society so that they get its honor. It's stylish to be spiritual. Otherwise, you don't even get married to a proper girl. Right? Your family doesn't hate. Your society doesn't hate. And there's a form of godliness. And friends don't hate you either. It's okay that things are easy for us. But it is never okay if the Lord Jesus is not our bosom friend. You know, the, the people in um, Haggai, they were a committed Lord. They, they saw what had happened. Their hearts were filled with sorrow. And then, that's fine. Um, and then they come leaving aside all the luxury of Babylon. They have come to build in a place that is still filled with jungles and wild animals. There's nothing. They just have to start prospecting once more. They come there. They came with a commitment. And they, then they started doing stuff. They laid the foundation. They had um, the worship. They had the sacrifices. They started building. They sent people to get timber. They started building. But what happened? There was opposition. And then they gave up. And then they gave up. So what did they do after that? They went down to build their houses, paneled houses. What did David do when he could not build a house? He gathered up materials so that he could build, his son could build. Where are we in our spiritual outlook? Um, we talked about the fact that we are called to be temple builders. 
Jobin has been talking quite a lot from 1 Corinthians and mentioning that the church is the temple of the Lord. And again, chapter 6, when he comes, he will tell us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In our personal lives, do we build our temple? Do we build a temple that is the church of God? Or do we run after the honor of the society and the friend circle? It doesn't matter what profession you are in. If the Lord has called you, be there. But you are there not to build paneled houses for yourselves, but to build the temple of God. Whether you are in the whether corporate or you work in a school or you're a full-time worker, doesn't matter. Everywhere we are called to be temple builders. And that is our calling. And the generation that forgot lost their children as well. And then they say, what's happening to the generation? Man, you've not been faithful. And if you look at your fathers and say, they've been like that, why should I be? Then remember what the Lord says. The Lord has been very angry with your fathers. And that's probably why they so defeats in the spiritual upbringing of their children. If you, if, if you see generations like that, doesn't mean that this doesn't, the temple building doesn't mean anything. It just means that another generation has been faithless. And the answer to that is that we should become faithful, not criticize them, rather pray for them so that they will come back and they will start building. It's easy to blame people. And when we come to that age, our children, would they in turn blame us? The important thing is that every day we need to be focused on the temple building purpose for which the Lord has called us. Coming to Haggai chapter 2, Verse 10 onwards, on the 24th day of the ninth month, the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Now as the priest concerning the law, saying, If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with the edge of the edge he touches bread or stew, wine or oil, or any food, will it become holy? Then the priest answered, No. And Haggai said, if one who is unclean because of a dead body uh, because of a dead body touches any of these, will it be clean? So the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. This is very much there in the Pentateuch, right? Very simple thing. If a holy thing touches any neutral thing, does it become holy? No. If an unholy thing touches something holy, does it become? It becomes unclean. Right? A parallel. 
if you are healthy you cannot um you cannot transmit your health to another person but if you are, if you got some viral sickness you transmit it your sicknesses can be transmitted even so our sins will have an impact on the church big time big time and a church that does not become holy cannot build there are many of us who have left aside sin and we still go back to it we not willingly i suppose we need to keep at it we need to keep struggling at it with sin in our midst the lord cannot use us we cannot be built into a holy temple for the lord so it's our duty to keep ourselves um, sanctifying ourselves regularly a guy says so is this people and so is this nation before me and so is every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean if we look at our efforts and they are not coming to fulfillment we probably need to look at ourselves and understand what is happening are we an unclean people we put in a lot of effort nothing is happening are we unclean let us keep ourselves pure i, I just want to hope that this is the right time for this message to come to us verse 15 it is again a consider there are two consider in uh, chapter 2 one of them is here verse 15 and now carefully consider from this day forward from before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the lord since those days when one came to heap of 20 fs there were but 10 when one came to the wine vat to draw out 50 bags from the press there were but 20 i struck with blight and mild you and hail in all the labors of your hands yet you did not turn to me says the lord how again consider now from this day forward from the 24th day of the ninth month from the day that the foundation of the lost temple was laid consider it is the seed still in the barn as yet the wine the fig tree the pomegranate and the olive tree have not yielded fruit but from this day i will bless you may it be a word to this church that from this day i will bless you for that to be true for that to be true we need to purify ourselves and he tells about the future the it is the it is only the ninth month the first harvest comes in the third month 
So 9, 10, 11, 12, sometimes there's a 13 month, first, second, third month. So about the next year, the prophecy is already here. I will bless you. Why? You have left aside your evil ways and you have turned to the Lord. Now, from this day forward, I will bless you. And in our personal lives, if we have been struggling in our walk with the Lord, may this be a day. From this day on, may it be that the Lord will bless us. The blessing of the Lord will flow to many other areas as well. If you, if you are sure that you are on the right path, pray for others. I just want all of us to close our eyes for a minute and pray that the Lord will cleanse us. Lord, we want to thank you that you are a God who returns to us when we return to you. And if there be anyone among us that has not returned to you, we pray that you would help us, help that person to return to you, to say no to sin once and for all. Yes, we know that there will be struggles ahead, but with that Resolve to fight it. To make a stand for you. Lord, please help. And bless us. And help us to be temple builders in our generation. In Christ's name. Amen. Okay, and then we come to the final part. Verse 20 onwards. Lord, it comes on the 24th day of the ninth month. Why 24th day? It is probably because the, they started building on the 24th day of the sixth month. So this is three months from now, then. And again in Zechariah, also you find on the 24th day of the 11th month. So here, first the word has come to the people. From this day onwards, I will bless you. I will bless you. It was, the word came to the people through a question that was addressed to the priests. Now verse 20, And again the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. Now the word is to Zerubbabel, the leader, governor of Judah. I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. <coughs> I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down. Everyone by the sword of his brother. 
In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and will make you like a signet ring. For I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. Now this is the word that comes to the leader. I know many of us lead others. That happens quite a bit in our church and I'm thankful for that. See the word of blessing that has come to Zerubbabel, just much more prophetic um, implication. We'll look at that um, briefly. The important thing there is he will be a signet ring. Before we come to this, we'll just go back to um, chapter 2 and verse 9. We didn't have much time last time to cover this. The glory of this latest temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So this was the word of encouragement that had come to them. The word of encouragement. As they built and they saw that there was nothing. They were building it, but there was nothing. Solomon had all the gold and precious stones that David had accumulated and Solomon himself was bringing. That's on one hand. Well, maybe that's okay. We don't have that much. But the ark of the Lord is not there anymore. When Solomon dedicated the temple, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Now there is no ark. What are we building here? And the word comes. The glory of this latter temple, says the Lord of hosts, shall be greater than the former. And we know in Malachi, what happens, there's a beautiful um, prophecy there. Three and verse one. Behold, I send my messenger. And he will prepare the way before the Lord, before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Now Malachi, as we saw, is a post-exilic prophet. It is the second temple that he has seen and he's talking about. He says, And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. No more ark was needed. The Lord in bodily form was going to come into that very same temple. Zerubbabel was called to build that temple. You know, sometimes New Testament pattern church believers feel themselves foolish we don't have the trappings of all those hierarchy and big buildings and big facilities and giant groups something happens everyone can come together and go and 
come out in demonstration all those right but we have the lord in our midst and that is enough and that glory is enough we don't need the glory of mighty buildings and facilities we don't need that we don't need the trappings of rituals we need the lord and his worship and as we could you have musical instruments i'm not against it but and it also helps us to keep everything in tune i'm for it what do we do let's do it well for the lord and if someone can give us a tune and help us start it with beautiful but that is not what makes our worship the present day generation has got used to the word worship to refer to songs all missionaries use it oh we will have some worship what we are having some songs what is worship as we are reminded this morning it is to give worship to the lord it is not to enjoy ourselves worship has come to mean what to enjoy some singing but we know it right when we come let us sing from our hearts let us come with something to offer to the lord and then there will be songs real meaningful ones not just because we like the tune but that song comes from comes from our hearts anyway the glory of the latter temple shall be more than the former and the glory of the true churches of christ are more than that of these big denominations that's that have stayed so far and if we do not have real roots we will go seeking after that but if you are true kingdom builders true temple builders in our own personal lives we will come and build this temple and will see the lord at work and see how it flourishes do most of our assemblies grow now no i got baptized um, not in a brethren assembly another church they follow almost the same pattern and i got baptized in 84 by 2004 something there were around 150 churches almost all pattern churches not with all other kind of same kind of doctrines why do we think that our churches will not grow why the lord will make it grow if the lord jesus is our bosom friend if we give up all for him if we love him and he is the one that we seek after we will see that happen in our personal lives as we minister in our churches as we minister
Coming back to verse 20 to 23. Um, Zerubbabel, to Zerubbabel he speaks. I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. Probably at that time it has a dual meaning to Zerubbabel. With uh, so many things happening, Darius is fighting and putting revolt down. There will be many of these nations rising up. Nothing is going to happen to you. And in fact, Darius himself should have been overthrown um, by the Scythians. And instead he went and conquered even even Europe. But he himself was going to be defeated soon. The kingdoms come and go. Many nations have risen up. Where is the empire over which the sun never set? Where is Britain? Where is the mighty Soviet Union? Nations will rise, nations will fall. But we, we, we shall be like the signet ring of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of the Lord God. What do you mean by signet ring? Most of us know it. Rings with which there were emblems that was used to put seal. No. My dad was a headmaster, so um, 10th standard, in those days, all the exam papers used to finally be gathered together and it used to be put into separate envelopes and then there used to be this red wax and, and the, there was a school seal. The school seal used to be heated and it used to be pressed and sealed. I watched him do that many times. If that is broken, it means that has been tampered with. That is the authority of the school. And um, when the Lord Jesus was buried, what did they do? They went and sealed it with a Roman seal. Nobody could break it. Rome was the most powerful. No one except the Lord. So he says, you will be a signet ring. A signet ring is something of authority and it is guarded like the most precious thing. And if you give the signet ring to somebody else, it meant that you believe that person so much. Queen Esther receives and goes to Mordecai. Uh, If you go to Jeremiah, we'll not go there. So there's the grandfather of um, Zerubbabel, Jehoiakim. To him, the Lord says, even if you were my signet ring, I will. I'll just read that quickly. I think it's in Jeremiah 22. Twenty-four. Okay. Even if you, Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, I will still not, still pull you off. 
so this is if even if you are the signet ring on my right hand i don't care i will throw you off because of the sins of the nation nation i will cast you off the kingdom belonged to david and he was a rightful heir i don't care that my authority is on you i will just cast you off so the kingdom was kind of taken away from david and now to zerubbabel comes and says he comes and says i will make you the signet ring so the line of david is again being reestablished through through zerubbabel and that's what this prophecy is about <clears throat> says in that day i will take you zerubbabel my servant the son of shealtiel so salad and will make you like a signet ring for i have chosen you not because zerubbabel was a great guy and he was faithful no it's just because the lord has chosen him and that will be our confidence with the lord not because we have been the most faithful looking to our own lives and we know that that's not true it's by his grace that we are faithful when we are he chooses us and we will be like his signet ring he treasures it okay um keep me as the as a seal upon your heart the you see that in song of songs and the seal upon your arm the signet ring the lord will keep us as a seal upon his heart and the seal that he carries on his arm brothers and sisters who are ministering to others have that confidence have the confidence sometimes things seem very difficult and seems useless and you yourself are troubled but remember the lord will make you his signet ring uh, around the same time daniel wrote something and we'll read that in daniel chapter 12 verses 2 and 3 this is going to happen friends some day those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake they will awake some to everlasting life some to shame and everlasting contempt even some will some want to believe us as well some of them might some of them will rise to shame and everlasting contempt and others will rise to everlasting life where will we be then those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament 
if your voice will shine like the brightness of the firmament when the lord jesus christ comes and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever like the firmament many will be shining bright and there will be bright stars those who turn many to the lord they will be like bright stars so if you question in your heart what's the use of ah i am saved why not i go forward like this here is the answer many will shine like the firmament and some like bright stars and the lord says unless a grain of wheat falls and dies it remains alone but if it um but if it does uh, fall in um, 24 and 26 year most assuredly i say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone but if it dies it produces much grain he who loves his life will lose it and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life if anyone serves me let him follow me and where i am there my servant will be also if anyone serves me him my father will honor him my father will honor do we want the honor of the society and friends do we want the honor of our bosom friend do we want honor in this life or do we want to shine like bright stars on that final day zerubbabel was a king was a temple builder and he received the signet ring and the nations were again going to be in turmoil but zerubbabel's line was going to stand for the coming of the lord jesus christ the lord says i will shake the heavens once more and what we see now is going to be shaken up once more what we see now is going to be shaken up once more it is going to be burnt and there will come a day when we will see our worth is it going to be shame or is it going to be honor is it going to be just a light or is it going to be shining bright stars the choice is ours let's pray father we want to thank you for your great calling to us to be building your temple alongside with you as co-workers with you lord help us to take heed to ourselves to our own personal lives and to the building up of your church with the various gifts that we have with evangelizing with discipling with going out to 
new mission frontiers going out even to different parts of the city or the state or the country where you lead us we will follow thank you for the great calling that you have given us thank you that you are there to forgive our sins thank you that you have called us to return to you and then serve you make us temple builders in our generation help us not to look at the past and glory in it or look at the past and blame it help us to seize the moment that you have given us to be faithful in our generation not building panel houses but focusing on building a temple and if you cannot do it gather materials and support others and that we can be part of that temple building thank you father in christ's precious name amen